On the morning of April 20th, 1999, Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold entered Columbine High School in Denver, Colorado, and committed the murder of 12 students and one teacher. A national tragedy, the massacre ignited a fierce debate over gun control laws, bullying, and violence in video games. Since then, video games have been tied to school shootings, including 2018 when Nicholas Cruz killed 17 people in Parkland, Florida, and the President of the United States made a suggestion that video games could be partially to blame. With tens of millions of teenagers playing violent video games such as Call of Duty, Grand Theft Auto, and PUBG, do parents have cause for concern? Does playing video games make you violent? If you are playing violent video games, are you at risk of committing horrific acts of murder? You might be surprised by some of the answers to these questions. I know I was, after reading what the research has to say, so without further ado, let's get into the episode. The first known instance I could find of the media actively attacking something for being violent is from the 1950s, when comic books were a popular form of entertainment. Taken from Wikipedia, it states that Frederick Wertham, a psychiatrist, wrote Seduction of the Innocent in 1954 that outlined his studies that asserted that violent comics were a negative form of literature and led to juvenile delinquency. While some of Wertham's claims were later found to be based on bad studies, the book created a moral panic that put pressure on the comic book industry to regulate their works. Later in 1954, the comic industry issued the Comics Code Authority, which put strict regulations on content that could be in comic books sold at most stores, eliminating most violence and other mature content via self-censoring. By the 70s, however, the authorities had all but dismantled, which, funnily enough, is also the decade in which we started seeing insurgents of moral panic surrounding violent video games. Death Race, an arcade game released in 1976 which allows you to run over gremlins in a vehicle, <laughs> caught the attention of a journalist, Wendy Walker, due to concerns of it being excessively violent. Naturally, as these stories tend to do, it spread through other media organisations until the National Safety Council joined in and accused the game of glorifying violence. Ironically, sales of Death Race continued to grow as a result of the increased attention. In the early 80s, we start to see mentions of people linking video games to youth delinquency. In a New York Times column from 1982 called Around the Nation, Surgeon General Dr. Coop said that video games might be hazardous to the health of young people who are becoming addicted to the machines. However, it wasn't until the 90s when the arguments surrounding violence in video games really started to take off. Surprise, surprise, at the forefront of the moral outrage was the well-known and now much-loved video game Mortal Kombat. You can still go on YouTube today and find highlight reels of all the fatalities and finishing moves, which I'd recommend because, let's be honest, they're pretty awesome, but can you imagine what the reaction would have been when it was first released? Little Timmy comes home to play a new video game he'd been lent by a friend, only for his mum to come in and watch him disavow some woman and strangle with her intestines until the head comes off. I can't really blame them for panicking about the harmful effects of video game violence when this is what they were doing. Around 1993, Congress started getting involved, with Senators Joe Lieberman and Herb Cole bringing it to the forefront of mainstream attention. Through two congressional hearings in 93 and 94, they discussed the issues of violence in video games with concerned advocacy groups, academics and the video game industry. The key takeaway from these hearings was that something had to be done about having a standardised rating system for video games. 
As a result, through the combined efforts of Sega, Nintendo, and others, ESRB, or Entertainment Software Ratings Board, came about, as well as cultivating the formation of the ESA, or Entertainment Software Association. Q1999, the year of the Columbine High School Massacre. Once it was discovered that the students behind the massacre were avid gamers, playing games like Doom, the media latched on and the resulting outcry likely shifted the entire public perception of video games for the foreseeable future, despite investigations spearheaded by President Bill Clinton into whether or not violent video games had any effect on school shootings, showing only 12% of perpetrators had an interest in games, the argument still gets brought up every single time another horrific act such as a school shooting comes out. Honestly, if you go to the Wikipedia page for violent video games, you can see the public reaction being mirrored every single time a shooting occurs. The same arguments, reports, hearings, investigations and articles being rehashed, re-released and reinforced by scared parents, lawmakers and professionals. I'm not going to cover the entire history of violent video games, but it was my first time researching it and I found it really interesting, so I thought I'd share with you what I learned on the podcast. That being said, is there actually any truth to all of the outcry surrounding video games and violence? The American Psychological Association, or APA, has described the issue as one of the most investigated and researched problems worldwide, and their stance is still somewhat in the middle. They acknowledge that violent video games may lead to aggressive behaviour, but that not all aggressive behaviour is necessarily violent. I'll put a number of links in the show notes of research papers and articles for you to read through if you're interested in finding out more, but I'll do my best to distill the research into something a bit more concise. Let's first discuss the issue of violent video games causing people to commit horrific acts of mass murder. While some perpetrators have expressed an enjoyment, there's no significant relationship between the two. It's more a symptom of underlying problems rather than one specific thing and so some people are just more inclined to carry out these acts than others. However, where things start to diverge is when we begin to examine the relationship between violent video games at a young age and aggressive behaviour later in life. While it's not quite as black and white as saying hot weather makes you sweat, a number of investigations and studies have been done into this relationship, and the results are very interesting. A 10-year longitudinal study by Aaron et al., into how learning conditions in early childhood relate to aggression in late adolescence found that there's a strong evidence showing aggression is a learned behaviour. They noted that boys and girls respond differently due to learning conditions, and mass media plays a startling role in this development. It's well known that more boys play violent video games than girls. You don't need to study to show you that. By their nature, men are more aggressive, and video games provide a great outlet for this anger. It's not a surprise then that boys who grow up with gaming as their only outlet for aggressive behaviour are more likely to lash out in anger later in life, as a result of keeping the emotions locked away inside themselves. Almost like pressure building inside a pipe just waiting to eventually burst. There's a theory I read about called the general aggression model, which proposes that playing violent video games may create scripts of aggression which will be activated when individuals think others are acting with hostility. Or to put it more simply, players get to rehearse acts of aggression, which then become more common in real life. Another model excludes video games altogether, saying the behaviour comes about as a result of genetic risk and environmental strain combined with an antisocial personality and increased stress. However, is it such a stretch to see how excessive video game use could exacerbate these conditions? 
In general, gamers tend to be more antisocial, and oftentimes are under a lot of stress, where gaming becomes an escape or release from the rigours of day-to-day life. Whichever side of the argument you decide to take, you'll find studies both for and against the hypothesis that video games lead to aggressive behaviour. But this is the case with anything even remotely controversial. One meta-analysis showed a significant correlation between violent video games and aggression, and another carried out the same year found a minimal relationship. This back and forth was repeated constantly for the last 20 years, but in general arguments tend to favour the side of games causing aggressive behaviour, if only slightly. So I'll leave it up to you to make your own decision. I'm not here to take sides, just to provide as much information as I can for you to make your own mind up. Read through the research papers in the show notes, the articles, and let me know what you think. Send me an email, james at gamecritics.com, on your thoughts about whether or not video games lead to violence. I'd love to know what you think. But with all this being said, does that mean you should be worried? Whether you're a parent or a loved one, or a gamer that consumes an excessive amount of violent video games, should you be concerned that these games will lead to problems later on down the line? If you weren't able to answer this question with what I shared in the previous section, the answer basically boils down to, probably not, but... If you're a parent, use your best judgement. Take a note of warning labels on games, although be aware that loot boxes and the like aren't classed as gambling, and so it won't be listed on the rating. You probably shouldn't be giving your 8 year old Grand Theft Auto and Gears of War for Christmas, but at the same time they probably don't need to wait until they're 18 either. What's going to be a bigger problem is how much time they're spending playing video games, and how big of a role this takes up in their life. This is the same if you're the gamer in question. Take a look at your current behaviour, or that of a loved one. Do you find yourself quick to anger? Stressed out? Bitter? I'm far from a violent person, but one thing I noticed when I play video games regularly, even though they weren't violent, I found myself transforming into an entirely different person. I'd lash out unexpectedly, I'd get angry at the craziest things, and I'd become more resentful to my friends and family. This isn't a violent video game problem. This is just a general overplaying problem. But again, it's something to think about when evaluating your own behaviour. If you do find yourself acting over-aggressively in your everyday life, perhaps consider taking some time off gaming and see if you see any change. Even 30 days can make a huge difference to your well-being, mental health, relationships and happiness. If you're interested, check out gamequitters.com forward slash respawn to find out everything you need to know. And as always, if you enjoyed the episode, I'd really appreciate if you subscribed on whatever platform you listen and leave us a rating. It really does help us out a lot and without the support from you guys and the hundreds of people listening to us every week, I think we're almost closing in on a thousand downloads weekly, which is crazy. I wouldn't be making these episodes, so thank you. And until next time, peace. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Game the System, the number one podcast on gaming addiction brought to you by Game Quitters. As always, if you enjoyed the episode, make sure to share it around to family members, friends, or anyone you think could benefit, and don't forget to leave a review. It's super helpful. Check us out on social at Game Quitters Everywhere, and if gaming addiction is affecting your life, we recommend having a look at our guide on the website gamequitters.com forward slash respawn if you're a gamer and gamequitters.com forward slash reclaim if you're the parent or loved one of an addict the important thing is not to lose hope and remember real life is always worth fighting for see you in the next episode